Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Loaded Sport, where today we're going to be previewing all the football and NFL action, also looking towards a couple of games that are taking place this weekend as we build up towards the 2022 World Cup. Make sure you are keeping an eye on things on www.loadedsport.co.uk, where we'll also tomorrow be releasing an entire World Cup preview with plenty of talking points to look to what's kicking off this weekend. Uh, joining me to speak about the football and the NFL is Kemp and Skin. Good afternoon. Man with the mic, you, you little pot of Cajun gravel, you. I want to pour you over my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we all right? <laughs> you okay? He told me he was going to do that and it was still right funny. <laughs> How are you doing, Adam? You all right? I'm even better now. That's a great way Good. to say, say Good hello. Good man. Good man. Perk you up a bit. Perk you up on this cold Wednesday evening. It's a bit under weather into old Aggie, but you've got football later, so I'm sure I'll be ready. But um, Adam, I've got a song for you that I'm just going to sing for you, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Just uh, you're putting a lot of time in behind the scenes. Um, you, know, you know, work ethic is a big thing. And you'll know um, the guy called Pete from TikTok. He, he has a lot of worship for Darwin Nunes. Yes. So in tribute to that and in tribute to you, mate, I've, I've wrote a song to the tune of that. And it goes like this. Adam, Adam Marsden, he came from Radio to Lotus, but his ass is fucking massive. It's there to counterbalance his big length. Adam, Adam Marsden. Like that. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll be Amazing. saving that as a ringtone, I think, from now. Amazing. That's got to be the new jingle. Is that not the new jingle? It's got to be the new jingle. I'll put it in as a new jingle as well then. There new we jingle. Go. There you go. Uh, we'll kick things Merry off. Christmas. We'll kick things off oh, by which? looking at uh, the football this weekend. No Premier League, no Championship until uh, for at least a month as we look towards the World Cup. So we are looking at League One, League Two and the National League. Um, we'll start by Skin coming over to you for what your game of the week this week is going to be. Well, I'm going to avoid all of those games, mate. And originally, I was going to speak about Town at home to Soliol Moors. Uh, pretty big game in the National League, I think. But I always class weekend games as Friday to Monday. Friday, you have your sort of first games and it, it rounds off up with Monday night football. It's got to be England versus Iran in the World Cup, hasn't it? Monday, one o'clock kickoff. What can you say? It's the opening game of the World Cup. Last World Cup was a bit of a slow start against Tunisia. Harry Kane scoring that late winner. And then it turned into that semi-final run that we all remember really, really well. So I'm going to go my game of the weekend being England versus Iran. It ain't going to be a pushover. England are in, uh, well, they're not in the greatest form at the moment, are they? And Iran are no pushovers either. I was looking at their recent results earlier and their last game, which to be fair, was just under two months ago. But they did beat a full strength Uruguay side who a lot of people are expecting to do relatively well at the World Cup so I don't think it'll be the easiest game I think it'll be close I think it'll be tense and like in 2018 it might take a late goal from someone like Harry Kane just to get us over the line and, and get that sort of get the squad going going into the, the next games against USA and Wales so yeah I'm going to go England versus Iran as my uh, game of the weekend what about you Kent? You know what I'm going to stick with that sort of theme I am going to say the later kickoff on that day a fellow team in Group B, that's going to be USA versus Wales. I think it's going to be a really tasty fixture. I feel like Wales are really up for it. I believe it's the first World Cup in God knows how long, maybe ever, I think, is it, Adam? I don't know. But it's a, it's a, a massive... Who's that, massive... Wales? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wales. Six, 64 years. 64 years. So it's a long that's old mate. time to not have qualified for a World Cup. So they will really be up for it. And the USA, you look at their squad, you look at their the, the players they've got, and they're not to be sniffed at. You know, you've got the likes of Pulisic, Reyna... I'd love to sniff you. Well, who wouldn't? But you've got some great players in that USA squad and I think it's going to be a really interesting game. And I think it's going to give us a good indication of who's going to be a serious contender in Group B and who's going to be, you know, potentially um, a bit of a pushover alongside Iran, hopefully. But again, like you just said, with England, especially with Mr Southgate at the helm, I feel like there's no pushovers. Adam, what's your game of the week upcoming? Uh, my game of the week, I've come for a completely different theme. I'm not even uh, touching on the World Cup. I'm going to save that for the World Cup preview show. I've gone for Northampton against Bradford 
in League 2. Third against fourth in League 2. With a win, Bradford can go into automatic promotion. I know there's still a long way to go of the season, but these sort of games are the ones you look back on and see as missed opportunities to either get away from, from the group below you or, or obviously fight yourself into automatic promotion. Um, I saw us play uh, Northampton a couple of weeks ago in the FA Cup. Very good performance from us. An OK performance from them, but... They're third in, in League Two for a reason. And I don't say that their form's just going to go down because they've lost to Chesterfield in the FA Cup. Bradford, another good side. I think you're in for a very good game between the two sides there. And like I say, we, with a win for Northampton, they've got a chance to move up to second, move further away from four and out of automatic promotion. In League Two, three go up automatically. Then you've got your four in your playoffs. So for Bradford, it's a case of jumping above Northampton. And these, like I say, are the sort of games you look back on. We've all done it as, as football supporters and said if we'd got three points against them or if we'd rescued a point against them, it'd be a completely different situation. So for me, it's going to be uh, Northampton against Bradford as the the one to look forward to. I've just got a quick question for you, Skin, on the back of you saying that Iran aren't going to be pushovers. It's going to be quite a difficult game for England. There's got to be... if. If it is going to be a case of a late goal from Harry Kane, a lot of the nations, we're going to be happy about the fact we got three points, but a lot of the nations are just going to be disappointed at the fact that it was just by a late goal from Harry Kane and going to be screaming out for a lot more throughout the remainder of the tournament. Because with all due respect to them, I think in terms of ranking, they might just be the lowest in, in Group B, taking into account Wales and the United States as well. So it's one of them games that if we struggle against them there's going to be a lot of disappointment heading into and lowered expectations into games like USA and Wales don't you think if this had been at the Euros or the last World Cup maybe so but I think we're kind of used to that now I mentioned the very late win against Tunisia where did that World Cup end it was you know probably the best I say probably other than the Euros but I think even then in terms of the hype and how the country were behind them and everything else like that and you know the pandemic in Euro in the Euros killed it a little bit. So as a whole, I think the how happy that people were with the team after the World Cup was probably the best since we won the World Cup in 1996. So no, I don't think so. I think it's kind of we give them the benefit of the doubt because we started off the World Cup 2018 the way we did against Tunisia. We struggled in the group stages in the Euros, drawing nil nil against Scotland in the second game. So. Even though, as a whole, those tournaments were really positive, and Kemp, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of things to say when we speak tomorrow about the World Cup as a whole. But yeah, I think if it is a bit of a tough performance and we just get over the line, people will be happy that we got over the line because we've proven that we can move on and improve throughout the tournament. But you know, based on what we did in the Euros and World Cup in Russia four years ago, so now as long as we get three points, I don't think people will be too bothered about how we go about doing that. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Thank you for a very in-depth answer there. Like you say, we'll be talking more about um, England's chances in the World Cup tomorrow. Uh, moving on to um, players that we, we kind of expect to see a couple of goals from lock of the week, if you will, the treble that uh, we're starting to bring into football. We did it with NFL uh, last week. I made a very poor uh, choice last week, which I'll apologise for a lot throughout the uh, the remainder of this podcast. But we'll start with uh, lock of the week from a football perspective. We need a match winner in terms of a side that's going to win a game and a goal scorer, not necessarily from the same game, though. We'll start um, with you, Kemp. Hopefully, we're going to be moving away from international games. We are, mate. Don't worry. We're moving into the National League, which I know is your home and will be for a long time. I'm going to go with Southend United away at Gateshead. Gateshead are bottom of the league. Um, Southend United are doing pretty well. I think they're going to win pretty comfortably. I don't usually back away teams, but I think Southend are, are going to come out of this one and and look pretty strong doing so. I think I'm going to stay in the non-league as well for the uh, scorer of the week. As long as Paul Mullins fit, I think Paul Mullins is going to have a day against Aldershot. Aldershot are 18th, Wrexham up near the top. Mullins a bit of a beast at that level. So I'm going to go for Southend and Paul Mullin, Adam. Um, I've gone four. I haven't actually put down a team at the moment, so I'll, I'll let you know my team in just a this moment. This is our time. host, ladies, ladies and um, gentlemen. This is our host. I have gone for a it. journalist, our host, and doesn't even know the answer to his own question. 
I was expecting to go to skin, to be fair, whilst I was just looking at one there. I'll have an answer, don't worry. Um, I'm going to go with the goal scorer, Paul Smythe, for um, Leighton Orient away against Stockport. I was looking at this and I was going to go with Paddy Madden, who I'm sure is one of those names that, despite the fact he's never played in the top flight of English football, a lot of people are familiar with the name of. Paul Smythe is the top goal scorer for Leighton Orient in the league at the moment, the top of League Two, Stockport around the mid-table section at the moment. I think Paul Smythe's one of those players that when you need a goal in one of them difficult games... He's just going to turn up and score a goal for you. Stockport themselves weren't really expected to be in the top half of League Two. They've got a chance to make it into the playoffs. It's very close in League Two at the moment between, I think it's just below Bradford in fifth place, um, moving down the league table. Um, and I think Paul Smythe is going to be the one that scores for Leighton Orient. In terms of a game, um, I'm going to be moving up into League One for this one. Um, moving up into League One for this one. And although I've gone for this as a bit of a, a later comment as well. Um, I'm going to go with Ipswich. I backed these in um, last man standing a few weeks ago. They're the 12 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. They're away against Exeter and similar to, to you, Kemp, I don't tend to go for sides that are away from home, but I think Ipswich at the moment being a second place in League One, a chance to close that gap on Plymouth. That They're a good side that you'd say are too strong of a side to be in League One. And I think with Exeter in ninth place, a chance for them to make it into playoffs, it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to edge it towards uh, Ipswich, and they're going to be my uh, my team to be a uh, team to win. Sorry, with them playing Exeter, another good side. I think you're going to be looking at some very good odds there as well. Skin, what's yours? I've just very quickly had to scrape for another answer on my scorer pick because I was also going to go Mullen again. I went for him last week. They played away, didn't score after that nil nil draw. But Rex Mahoma, a different kettle of fish. So thanks for that, Kemp. But I've turned it around. And my lock of the week in terms of a team, I'm going to go Sheffield Wednesday at home to Shrewsbury at Hillsborough in flying form at home at the minute. They've won what? <laughs> I know, mate. I know you're a blade, but for the purpose of the game, we've got to go for it. They've won five out of the last six home games. They're currently sitting in third in League One. Uh, There's a bit of a gap between them and Plymouth, but they're only one point behind the team. You've just picked there, Adam, in Ipswich. So they've got plenty of time and, and plenty of games to be playing to push that automatic spot. So Sheffield Wednesday at home to Shrewsbury are my lock of the week in terms of a team to win. In terms of a goal scorer, I'm going to go for Macaulay Langstaff, who is the top scorer in the National League for Notts County. He's been in fantastic form. He scored 18 goals in 19 league games this season. Has been a little bit quiet the last couple of games, but I think home to Yeovil, it's a perfect opportunity to get back in the form that he was seeing towards the start of the season. So, yeah, I'm going to go Sheffield Wednesday as my team to win and Macaulay Langstaff of Notts County for my scorer for this weekend. I think Langstaff's a great shout. And I've got a question for both of you about this because a lot of people in and around the National League and support sides in the National League, you tend to get a player that scores plenty of goals for your side and naturally that attracts a lot of interest from sides further up the, the league. Now, on the last day of the transfer window in August, Kabango Shimanga, a Chesterfield striker, was set for a move away from the Technique Stadium, was set to move away from Chesterfield, but for one reason or another, that fell through just a couple of minutes before uh, deadline day actually passed, and he wasn't able to make that move. Langstaff himself is now outperforming Shimanga. He's in fantastic form, like you've just said there, Skin. He's scoring goals for fun. He's one of them players that you'd look at and say he's definitely too good for National League level. With Notts County storming in the National League at the moment, would you say you'd possibly expect their performances to change should Langstaff leave in January? I mean, a lot of sides at this sort of level, maybe you could look at League 2 and League 1, you sometimes see players getting that chance to go up to maybe a mid-table, if not top-side championship, or maybe a relegation fight in Premier League sides sometimes. And it, it drops your form completely. Do you think that's something that could also happen with Notts County with you going for Langstaff? It has to. How do you replace someone that at this point in the season scored 18 goals in 19 league games? It, it, it's very tough to at any level, regardless. So the short answer is yes, it would be tough to replace him. Does he stick around and you know see the season through and try and get them back in the Football League in an ideal world for the Notts County team and the Notts County fans? That's what you'd want. But money talks and like Shamanga with Birmingham... The, the price was right and, and obviously they were thinking long-term about what they could do for the overall squad and club as a whole with that kind of money. So a League Two, League One or even a, a championship team comes in for a play like that. Like I said, everyone's got a price and it's what they can do long-term with that. So yeah, it, they'll be, it'll be hard to replace someone with that kind of record so far this season, regardless of how much they get for him. 
And Kemp, I think I'm going to have to ask it you from like the opposite side here, because as a Sheffield United fan, you're normally on the receiving end of this, aren't you? You buy players that may be performing well in lower divisions and, and like nurture them into the squad. So what, what's your thoughts on it looking like outside in, if that makes sense? It's very much player by player. It, it depends. We've signed players before, like Ben Hennigan. I don't know if you've heard of him. I think he plays Sheffield Wednesday now. We signed him. I think he played for Chester and a few other club, clubs previously to that in the National League. And we brought him in as a really promising centre-back. You know, it, I personally thought, having used, you know, played as Chester on Football Manager quite a few times, that he was going to be a real promising you know, future star. Didn't quite work out for him. And I think it's difficult because the National League, it's such a different level but it's so difficult to get out of that level so you do have a lot of quality players sometimes stuck in the non-league but when they get out of that situation and, and sort of find themselves up in the football pyramid a little bit sometimes it can be a little bit much at times so it is it's very much a player by player basis in my opinion i've seen some players come through at sheffield united who've probably had youth academy you know youth experience whether it be on loan or or coming through the academies at one of these National League sides. Sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. So it's a gamble. I think it's definitely a gamble, no matter which side you are signing whichever player. I don't think it means anything. I think it's a gamble. So for me, I think it's interesting. And I think, you know, depending on who you sign, what the players like, their age, etc. I think it can be, I think it can go both ways, to be honest. That's fair enough. Um, as somebody that's been on the receiving side of it and seen plenty of players move on, I'm going to say that, yes, obviously it's going to have an impact on the side, but it's really where you go from there, isn't it? We've had players in the past, um, when I first started watching, and we had a fantastic League Cup run. Uh, Caleb Folan moved off to Wigan. We've had Ian Everett eventually playing in the Premier League. Liam Cooper currently captain for Leeds and for Scotland as well. Players that moved on, and it's all about how you kind of replace those players, and if you use the funds to help replace those players. And it's very difficult to then attract players from higher divisions back in, if that makes sense. I know it helps with the fact that they've moved and maybe used it as a stepping stone to move on, but I've seen players in the past that have moved on from us and we've not replaced them, and maybe that's one of the reasons why we're sat in the National League at the moment and not still in the Football League. But uh, we'll move on to the fact that with no Premier League and no Championship, it does provide additional opportunities for League One, League Two, and in some instances as well, the National League now, uh, extra time for TV. So with COVID and lockdown becoming a bit more of a thing of the past. A lot of people were talking about how some of the bigger sides in England really needed to help financially push down the ladder towards these League One, League Two and eventually the National League sides. This opportunity with, with the World Cup being on as well has opened the door a little bit for more more League One and League Two sides. How, how big do you think that's going to be for some of these sides to get that sort of extra funding by having these TV opportunities? Kent, we'll start with you. It's very important. You, you look at it and you look at, let's say, for example... I'm going to go a bit, a bit of a different way straight away with this with this answer, but I think Manchester City's off operating profits, forty two million or something like that. Revenues of six six hundred and thirteen million. It's ridiculous the amount of money that the, the top six clubs are generating, and that's fantastic football finances. Don't get me wrong, but then when you've got your Macclesfields and your Burries, you know, going out of business, you know, heartbeats of the communities. And you've got these clubs going out of business, these historic clubs, and then these other clubs, you know, turn over a 613 million or whatever it is. It's it's ridiculous. And there's such a disparity between the very top and, and the very bottom. So I think it's great. Any additional funding or opportunities that these clubs get for additional funding is, is absolutely welcome. But this is something that needs to be looked at after the World Cup. It's all well and good, you know, during the World Cup, making sure that these clubs getting extra funding or additional funding. But after the World Cup, this is a problem that needs to be addressed throughout football. Whether Tracy Crouch's independent review on on, on football is going to bring anything like that, that in, I don't know. I, it's difficult at the minute because the government and the country is facing such a, you know, cost of living crisis that how much of a priority is football? But we all know I would say that aren't fans of the top six and just want to see that, you know, the, those those the clubs rule forever, Super League style. You know, all the, you know, traditional fans of football, especially fans of football in the clubs that aren't in the top six, you know, they all want the pyramid to be funded correctly and these historic clubs to, to go on and, and really thrive. Um, I think... Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney were talking about a streaming service for the non-league as well. And you know, how would that work? You know, we need to look at every single avenue to get this these funds into these clubs because, you know, some of them are struggling to survive and, and that's not 
you know that's not the 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 way it should be when you've got clubs at the top of the pyramid earning so much money Adam it's money that's not necessarily needed as well isn't it that obviously they're going to be making that sort of money regardless for, for one reason or another but it, it's just money that's becoming then surplus isn't it and they don't really need it so it, it, there's nothing stopping them from being able to maybe shed a little bit more of that funding out being the bigger clubs with that extra extra finance but no I agree with with you from the uh, the, the television perspective that after the World Cup, it's something that needs to be addressed on a more regular basis that we can look at some of these sides. I remember before that whenever there are international breaks, you look more towards the fact that there is the occasional championship game on, but you're never looking at League One or League Two until the playoffs. The FA Cup, yeah, you get a few of them games, but then towards some stages, I mean, last season when we were facing Chelsea, we weren't even televised. There's been sides this year that a lot of people have been questioning, why are they not televised? Buxton, a side that was in the Northern Premier League last year, made the trip to Morecambe, who at the time I believe were in the playoffs of League Two. They're not they're not being televised and that's a missed opportunity there as well. So sometimes it comes down to looking for the opportunity to help the smaller clubs as opposed to it being just all about the bigger clubs, so to speak. What's your thoughts there, Skin? Completely agree with what you've just said, mate. It's all well and good giving them the opportunity when other teams aren't playing, but then we're, we're crying out for support at, at the lower levels and keeping clubs in a stable position right down to grassroots football. So why does it only have to be when the Premier League's not on on a weekend or the Premier League and the Championship's not on on a weekend? There's more than enough games to and more than enough channels now especially to provide these clubs with the opportunity for three, four, maybe five times a season to be getting an opportunity at that chance to be on TV, whatever channel that may be, and, and getting a bit of extra money pumped in and making sure that we're supporting all levels of football. Kemp, you mentioned there the proposal from the Wrexham board of the, the streaming service to bring in extra money. We're now in 2022, not far off 2023, and we're still in a position where we're following the same rules that have been in place for way before we were born and you know, way before some of our parents were born as well. We need to really start looking at how English football is is set out in terms of the broadcasting rights and make sure that all this talk about protecting clubs and building clubs and giving everyone a fair shot, we actually start taking action on that. And that starts with the money that they're getting putting in and the best revenue of money for football clubs, especially at a lower level, is those ticket sales. But even more importantly, like you said, Adam, those FA Cup ties where they get put on telly, those two, maybe three times a season where Chesterfield will get a late kickoff and end up on BT Sport. They are massive for the lower league club, so we really need to start looking at ways to give them that opportunity more often. I think it's difficult, though, and I, I understand the difficulties that, that they face, but I understand why it's so difficult sometimes to maybe televise these games when the deals that they've got, you know, I think the non-league will, like you say, have got to deal with BT Sport. There's there's only so many BT Sport channels. There's only so many games that could be broadcast. But the problem is when you look at the streaming service, and I think that is the way forward, but how many fans that don't go to the Chesterfield game on a weekly basis, for example, because it's Adam's team, it's our local team, are going to subscribe to a streaming service to watch those games? You know, I think it, there's a lot more nuance to this conversation and I'm no expert in it and Adam is probably the best person to, to talk to with, with his experience in the media. But it's it's it has to be looked at. It has to... We have to start that conversation and and try and fix it because at the minute it seems as though it's just well you know run your club correctly and whatever. But when you've got a club that comes into a you know an owner that comes into a club like Bury's owner who'd never even been to Bury in his entire life coming into the club and, and buying it for a quick buck, you know not only is there a problem with the fit and proper persons test, but you've got problems everywhere with that. That should not be allowed to happen. So yes, I understand and I agree that clubs need to run themselves, you know, properly and, and efficiently and make sure they're not spending beyond the means because that, you know, you can't do that. But at the same time, there has to be that support network there and and not just a complete top end, top heavy, all the big clubs get all the revenue and all the little clubs get no revenue. I understand that the big clubs bring in the revenue, but without some way of distributing that fairly down the pyramid, you're gonna have no you're gonna have no smaller clubs left, and it's gonna end up being a, you know, an NFL or an NBA, and I don't want that. And even though we are fans of the NFL, and some some of you know the group of friends that we've got are fans of the NBA, we don't want that. We want the English pyramid as it is. 
Absolutely, some very strong points on the finances that are going on within English football at the moment. Join us in just a few moments' time and we'll be looking towards week 11 of the NFL season and you can find out how you can get involved with the Loaded Sport podcast on social media platforms, head of the World Cup preview that we're going to be doing tomorrow. Welcome back to episode four of the Loaded Sport podcast, where attention now turns to week 11 of the NFL season. But just before we do, I think we need to look at uh, the last week's review that we did and the fact that we previewed the Eagles taking on Washington Commanders and all three of us thought the Eagles were going to go and win. Quick thoughts, skin start with you on the fact that the Eagles are now 8-1, and one, level with the Minnesota Vikings. I'll very quickly start by saying you've made that out like we all sat here and said Eagles or Batram. I said... The commanders are buggers and it's going to be close and Eagles will win by a touchdown. So I'm going to claim half a point for that because the majority of people would have had an Eagles win, but it was always going to be close. So I'm claim half yeah. a point for predicting the wrong thing. Yeah, you yes. can't have that. Absolutely correct. Congratulations. And that's why I don't get a full point because I only get a full point if I had corrected it, uh, predicted it correctly, should I say. But yeah, look. Much said it himself, unfortunately, can't make it for this recording, that it was coming and it was needed. Sometimes teams that are, are coasting along nicely just need that little bit of a reality check and a bit of a shock to the system just to make sure that they don't get complacent later down the season. So I think long-term, it, it, it's not going to be necessarily a bad thing for Eagles to have lost. It's just a case of how they follow up now. If they go on a bit of a losing streak and in a couple of weeks they're 8-3, and 8-4, and four, that's when you have to start worrying. But if in the next three or four weeks, by the end of it, they've only lost this game or maybe one more, I don't think there's a massive amount to be worried about. But credit to the commanders. Kemp, I think you started yours by saying you'd love to sit there and tell us that the commanders are going to beat the Eagles. You can now love to sit there and tell us that the commanders did beat the Eagles. I do. I love it. I do love, you know, I'd love it if we beat them. Love it. But no, I, um, I wanted the result. I didn't think I was going to get the result. I thought it was going to be an Eagles coast to the win, a, a two-score victory for the Eagles, I think I predicted. So I've never been happier to be wrong and I'm not going to claim half a point for predicting the wrong thing like some others would, Adam. That's uh, very respectable of you. Let's look towards this weekend's game then and we'll look towards uh, the game of the week before we look at the lock of the weeks for this weekend. The one that I've opted to go for is on Sunday Night Football and I think it's going to be entertainment from the very beginning of when Carrie Underwood gets on stage to the moment that uh, the final whistle goes. The Chiefs at the Chargers is what I'm going for. An AFC West game, the Chiefs 7-2, and two, the Chargers 5-4. and four. They've still got an opportunity to catch up with the, the Chiefs in the AFC West to do that. They've, of course, got to beat them and push themselves ever closer. I don't think the Chargers have quite reached the expectation and the performances that everyone thought of them pre-season. I think Justin Herbert's been very slow to get things going this season. The fact that Keenan Allen must have played about 15 minutes of and the season so far hasn't helped, I'm sure. Uh, Mike Williams has therefore been relied on a lot. Everett has as well. But then, of course, most of what they've done has been coming through Austin Eckler. And I think they're going to be reliant on him against the Chiefs again. I think the Chiefs' offense, when everyone saw that Tyreek Hill was going to Miami, there was a lot of questions as to whether Mahomes can do it without the fastest guy in the NFL. He's proven so far that he can still do it. He's got the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster providing that he can pass uh, concussion protocol. He'll be available again. Uh, Mikol Hardman. They've now got Kadarius Tony added in there as well. We can't obviously forget Marcus Valdez-Scantlin. I think he got his first touchdown for the Chiefs the other day as well. So they've got some very strong people on offense. And then you can't forget Travis Kelsey, the number one target for Patrick Mahomes. So I think for both sides, it's just going to be a case of there's there's a very strong chance you're going to see a touchdown in the majority of drives from both sides on uh, on Sunday night football. So I'm going for Chiefs against Chargers, my game of the week. Uh, Skin, what about you? My game of the week is Cowboys at Vikings. Vikings coming off of that game of the season contender against Buffalo Bills, which we spoke about earlier in the week. And I think this is as big a test for them, which I know a lot of people sort of raise their eyebrow to that, but I'll tell you why. Kirk Cousins, as we know, is a bit of a meme. It's a bit of a joke. He's his primetime performance. If he plays Sunday, 6 o'clock or 1 o'clock Eastern over in America, he has a very good record. The second that he has any sort of primetime game, televised game, that's where he starts to crumble. So I think the Cowboys, 
in a bit of form, playing really well, fantastic defence, probably the best defence in the league so far this season. Coming to Minnesota in prime time, 9.25pm kickoff over here. I think this is really going to be a, tr- a true test of if the Minnesota Vikings are legit or not, because if they can win this game off of the back of beating Buffalo in overtime in Buffalo, I think it's time to sort start talking about the Minnesota Vikings as NFC contenders. And I think it'd be very hard for anyone really to argue with that kind of evidence to present. So for me, game of the weekend, Cowboys at Vikings. Kemp, what about you, mate? For me, I'm going to go with the Cardinals against the 49ers. I think that's going to be an absolute barn burner. They are three scoring teams, especially San Francisco in the past few weeks with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. I think Kyler Murray's starting to hit a little bit of form now. I think he's starting to find his feet a little bit. Um, you know, Garoppolo's done pretty well since he's since he's come back in. They've got a decent receiving core. I think it's going to be a shootout. I really do, and I think it's going to be great viewing. And I, and, and that's definitely one I'm going to be looking for a uh, for the highlights package on uh, on YouTube, Adam. It's it's going to be a good game, I think. I wish yeah. you'd look for my package. When do I not? That's true. Carry on. Uh, I think it's in your game, Kemp, I 100% agree, but I'm hoping that it's going to be a Cardinals win because if San Fran win, they go to the top of the NFC West. And whilst we're on a bye week, I could really do without that. I can honestly see either team winning that game. It's a toss-up, in my opinion. I think it's just going to be an unbelievable, really high-scoring game and really free-flowing football. I don't think either defence are going to be very effective in that game and we're going to see some... uh, some very noteworthy, uh, some noteworthy plays and touchdowns. So I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm definitely looking forward to that highlights package next week. Skin, just a question for you on the one that you've mentioned as well, um, the Vikings against the Cowboys. You said if the Vikings win on the back of a win against Buffalo, it's time to start talking about them being real NFC contenders. We spoke um, in the review show about how our predictions had changed for the Super Bowl matchup. Does that does your comment there mean that if the Vikings don't beat the Cowboys, then potentially you're going to take a step back and and not see them as NFC contenders whilst they're still eight and two? Yeah, because I think there is still a lot of doubt of whether Kirk Cousins can get it done in the big games. Yes, they beat the Buffalo Bills at the weekend, but again, that prime time record when the lights are on and the cameras are watching, it's um, it's not the best looking record for him. So yeah, for me. Look, they're 8-1, they've just beat the Bills, you've got to give them all the credit in the world for doing that, but like I said, it's, it's a different kettle of fish in them primetime games, and if he can't do it now, 8-2, and two, it's still a great record 10 games in, but a lot of people are going to start doubting whether or not they can get it done when the world's watching, so yeah, this for me is a bigger test for them this week than last week was, because they've come off that win, now they're in prime time. can they still get the job done? Kemp, do you think you could maybe give us an, your own unbiased opinion on that? I'm not saying that Skins is biased, but I understand, obviously, your connections with Justin Jefferson might make yours a little bit more biased. How can you say they're not? Yeah, I am biased with my LSU boy leading the charge. But, yeah, how can you say they're not? They, I mentioned it in the in the review show that they've, they've taken everybody by surprise. I still don't think they'll get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Like I say, I've got Bucks and, and Chiefs on that one. But... They've had an unbelievable start to the season. They've had that loss, so it's not as if they've had the sort of eagle syndrome where they might have been getting a little bit complacent. I think they're in a really good position. I think the Cowboys, I don't think they they know who their best option is, especially at quarterback. Can their running backs, you know, run the ball down the Vikings' throat and hopefully they can get something there? I hope... Again, the Vikings win, not just because of my LSU boys, but obviously because of the the Dallas Cowboys. But at the same time, you know, you can't think they're not legit if they're nine and one. There's just no way. So really looking forward to again seeing seeing that game and seeing how it plays out. And fingers crossed, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy again on the review show because the Dallas Cowboys have lost once again. And like Skin said, if they were to lose and go to 8-2, and two, does it cast any doubt in your mind of whether the Vikings could really get themselves through the playoffs? I know it's any given Sunday. Well, I don't, to be honest, and that's what I sort of mentioned there, that I don't think they're, they're Super Bowl contenders anyway. I do think they have got a young roster from what I've seen and the experience down the stretch, is it there? Have they got a, you know, I know it's difficult because not every team's got a Brady-type figure, so I won't make that comparison, but have they got that leader? that can really keep emotions in check when they get down the stretch and get to that sort of, you know, end game. 
because you really do need to keep your emotions in check when you get to that point. You know, nobody expected anything from the Vikings at the start of the season. And, and you know, they could not only be going to the playoffs, but getting a really favourable run with, with a few home games thrown in. So, yes, they, they could do some damage in the playoffs if they keep the feet on the ground. I don't think they'll get too far. I don't think they'll make championship game. I think they'll be gone before that because I just think that they'll get to the playoffs and it'll be, you know, we've had such a good season and I think they might get ahead of themselves at that point. But I think they'll have a great record going into the playoffs most definitely. But I I think unfortunately when it comes to the playoffs, they will fall a little bit short. If they do lose, they really need to pick themselves up because if they if they lose, it's going to be a real kick in the teeth when they have a, had a had a proper opportunity against a, a Cowboys team that aren't playing at 100% at the moment. So if they lose, they will really have to pick themselves up. But even if they win, like I say, I can't see them going down the stretch anyway, if I'm honest. Fair enough. Let's move on to the lock of the week. I promise I actually understand what this means now. Last week, I went for Tuba Hubbard. I think he must have been there for about three snaps he made about three runs in the entire of the game other than that it was all with Deontay Foreman so I'm thinking I understand this a little bit more and I'm gonna go although we weren't running backs last week I've gone for a tight end this week and I'm gonna go with TJ Hawkinson 115 yards in his two games at the Vikings and he seems to be becoming more and more involved in that Vikings offense I know we've already spoken about them up against the Cowboys but I think he's got a very good opportunity of getting himself his first touchdown in the Vikings jersey as he starts to get more and more, like I say, involved with the Vikings offense. The team that I've gone for is the Chicago Bears, who have really turned the corner. Justin Fields has just come out as a completely different player over these last couple of weeks. Um, now adding to the running game that they've got with Montgomery. Now Khalil Herbert's on IR as well. It adds a little bit more of help for them. You look at the fact that now they've got Chase Claypool, Donnell Mooney getting involved a bit more. And in the last two weeks, I believe in each of those weeks, Cole Komet has got two touchdowns in each game. So I think the Bears against a very disappointing Falcons side as well, especially on defense. I think that's a very uh, strong bet to go for the Bears to beat the Falcons and TJ Hawkinson to score for the Vikings against the Cowboys. Kemp? I think I'm going to go for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we mentioned them last week. They've gone a little bit under the radar. They are 5-4. and four. They're having an okay season. They, they, they sort of seem to have been hitting their stride a little bit in recent times. I think the offensive line still are definitely a question mark and it's not been answered yet. They still need to add pieces there. I don't think they're going to get to the Super Bowl again. I don't think they're going to go that far, but I think they're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers that have looked pretty lacklustre so far this season. I think they'll come out of that one pretty comfortably. And that's my that's my team lock of the week. Um, for my touchdown scorer, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk from the San Francisco 49ers. I did just mention that it's going to be a, a bit of a shootout and a barn burner in that game. And I think they're going to be so worried about a CMC running the ball down the throat. They're going to be a couple of receivers open and, and, and Ayuk is their most prolific receiver this season so far. So they're my locks of the week, Dawson. Thank you very much for not taking my picks off of me because Adam decided to go to you first. So my lock of the week for the team, I'm going to go for the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Carolina Panthers. Ravens 6-3, and three, but those three losses have been very close. Um, they've won their last three games. They've beat the Browns, they've beat Buccaneers, they've beat the Saints. So getting back into a bit of form since their close loss and late loss to the New York Giants. Panthers are going to be a top three draft pick come April. They're, they're in bad form. I know they won their last game against the Falcons, but they're not exactly performing to a great standard either so yeah my lock of the week for team is Baltimore Ravens beat Carolina Panthers and for my touchdown scorer of the week I am going to go for Cordell Patterson for the Atlanta Falcons as I just mentioned there at the Chicago Bears I think it'll be a game full of a lot of running Justin Fields has run for over 300 yards in the last two weeks uh, Falcons have a much stronger team when they've got Patterson in the team. He didn't have many touches in that game against Carolina, but that was a lot of bad weather. He just come back from injury, so it doesn't surprise me. I expect him this week to get back to the sort of usual role, the usual amount of carries that we used to. So yeah, I'm going to go Patterson for my pick to score a touchdown this weekend. I think both very good shouts. I think Patterson's a very, uh, very good shout, considering the fact that a couple of weeks ago when he came back off IR, they were supposed to just be easing him into the game and he still managed to get two touchdowns for him. And I think that's really there or thereabouts all they're really using on offense at the moment the Falcons they've got Drake London they've got Kyle Pitts but neither really seem to be used to any effectiveness are they it's predominantly on Cordell Patterson isn't it yeah they're a different team with and without him I'm not going to say that they're going to start becoming a, a playoff bound team with him or anything but 
they definitely put more points on the board when they've got him in the team. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that he'll see the he'll uh, see the scoreboard this weekend. I'm not really sure who will win that game, but there should be plenty of points in it. So we're not talking about MMA on the review show. There are no uh, big MMA um, events coming up this weekend, but I just wanted to sort of um, put it on the podcast of, of my appreciation and probably M- every MMA fan's appreciation for Anthony Rumble Johnson, who passed away earlier this week, uh, yeah. very young age. Um, I think he had a, a long illness that, that hasn't been officially um, declared yet. So I, I'm not going to speculate on on the reasons and the, and the cause, causation, but I think every single MMA fan and combat sports fan that, that will listen to the podcast and all around the world will really extend their condolences to the friends and family of Anthony Rubble Johnson, um, a real powerhouse that tore his way through the UFC light heavyweight division and, and unfortunately came up short, but what a fighter, what a man. Um, and he'll be sorely missed, Adam. I just I just wanted to put that one in quickly there before we finish. No, man, absolutely. Skin, just to let everybody know how they can get in touch on social media platforms before we bring in a brand new feature to Loaded Sport. Yes, mate. So if you want to follow us or like our page on Facebook, just search for Loaded Sport. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Loaded Sport and Instagram is at Loaded underscore sport. Uh, we're going to be uploading our episodes to Spotify. So again, just search for Loaded Sport. And then within a few hours, it'll be on YouTube. For those of you that don't have Spotify or prefer um, using it on YouTube, again, just search for Loaded Sport, subscribe, follow, all the usual stuff. So you're in touch of exactly what's happening, when we plan to release, and most importantly, when those releases drop so you can have a good listen. We're always open to feedback. We're always open to um, you know, the good stuff that you're hearing, the bad stuff that you're hearing, things that you think, we should add or take away anything like that we're brand new this is our fourth episode of recording next week you know we're going to have sam and mudge with us a bit more often so we, we really want to put a lot of effort into this a lot of focus into this and, and do it right but we can only do that if we've got the listeners so if there's anything that you want to see or hear we'll, we'll obviously take it into consideration but we've seen some really positive numbers so far and some great feedback as well and we really appreciate that and yes, and thank you to everybody that's got in touch already with your predictions for the World Cup. You can still do so in the aforementioned ways. Uh, we're looking for the World Cup winner, the runner-up, how far you think England might get, and the top goal scorer expectation as well. We'll be discussing that more tomorrow in the World Cup preview show. The brand new feature that's coming to Loaded Sport, we'll start with a little bit of a preview now and a trial heading in towards um, the end of the World Cup, and then we'll really get things underway with a leaderboard that's going to be available on loadedsport.co.uk. You can get involved as well, and we'll have a leaderboard for the listeners and the supporters of uh, Loaded Sport as well, and we'll have a little leadership. Uh, a little leaderboard that I can happily sit at the very bottom of with something that we're calling pick six, which is a bit of a relation to the NFL, but it isn't solely NFL based. We've got six different games, whether this is football, NFL, when things really get in the way with tennis and, and Formula One, and of course when uh, the next UFC and boxing events are as well, we'll be including matches from there. It will more often than not include two sides, not again necessarily to be um, related just to teams. All you've got to do is pick the winner between them, you win, you get a point, and you go up the leaderboard as so. So we'll start with this week's pick six. Skin, I'll come to you first for your prediction on Exeter against Ipswich. If you could give a bit of a reason, that, that'd be great. If not, just a simple winner would be terrific. I'm not going to give you a winner, mate. I'm going to go for a score draw. Ipswich are a very good side. I've backed them pre-season to get promoted in League One, and, and that's paying off very well at the minute with them second in the table. But they're away form, different to their home form. You know, The home form is where they're getting the majority of their points. So I'll go for a I'll go for a two two draw this weekend between Exeter and Ipswich. Kemp, I'm going to go for a one nil win for Ipswich. I think it'll be a closer game than people think, but I think in the sort of last five ten minutes, Ipswich will really turn it on, make the quality count, and I think they'll pick up the win. I think considering the fact that I've gone with Ipswich as the lock of the team from uh, lock of the week for me as the team um, away against Exeter, I feel like I I can only go for them in the uh, the pick six option. The first of the NFL games is the Saints against the Rams, kicking off on Sunday at 6pm. Kemp, we'll start with you on this one. Two sides that, before the season, you'd probably have expected this to be a bit more one-sided, but as the season's unravelled, and especially now that the Rams have had to place Cooper Cup on IR, it makes things a little bit tougher for them with Matt Stafford potentially coming back for injury from this game. It does, and that's why I think the Saints will win. 
I think without those weapons, the the Rams' offense is is really really diminished. And I don't think they've got it enough about them on either side of the ball to get the uh, to get the W against the Saints. Saints aren't amazing by any stretch of the imagination. I think they'll just be a little bit stronger. Um, when you look at the game, Andy Dalton's not he's not a, a generational quarterback. Everybody knows that. But if they can get Kamara running, if they can get you know the the, the receiving core, um, Olave in particular, let's be honest. Uh, catching a few balls and 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 making a few plays, I don't think it's going to take that much to to get this one done. So I think it'll be close, but I think the Saints will take it. Yeah, I'll go Saints as well by a late field goal by Will Lutz to win it. Fair enough, and uh, I've gone for the Rams on that one, despite the fact there's no Cooper Cup. The fact that um, Matt Stafford will be back will be a big lift for them, and I think they'll just see off the Saints again. Neither side's been pulling up any trees, so I think it's going to be a close game. But the Rams will. Just edge that. Looking at the World Cup now for this one, Qatar against Ecuador. I imagine there's going to be only one winner for it, but potentially home advantage could sway that in a different way. But I'm still going to stand by and go Ecuador. Sunday at uh, 4 o'clock, I believe this one kicks off as well. That's right, mate. And I'm actually going to go with... I'm going to go with a draw. Qatar are actually in better form than what you think. Uh, It won't be a high-scoring game, a 0-0 or a 1-1 maybe. Ecuador, four out of the last five games have been nil-nil. Um, they've won two out of the last six. Four of them have been nil-nil and the two that they've won was one-nil. So I'm not expecting a lot of goals. I think the atmosphere is it's going to be a strange World Cup, which we'll get into in the preview show. But yeah, I'm going to go for a low-scoring draw um, in the opening World Cup game this year. Kent, what about you, mate? Nil-nil. It's going to be nil-nil. It's going to be boring. It's going to be strange. And I think the big talking point and again, we'll go through this in the World Cup show that we've probably plugged about 50 times this week, but World Cup show coming up. It's going to be a boring game, and I think the bigger talking points are going to be the politics rather than the football, Adam. Yeah, I think that's going to be surrounding a lot of the uh, the World Cup games, especially at the beginning. So I've gone for a draw for both of you on that one. Um, the final of the NFL games then, we've got the Cowboys at the Vikings. If we haven't already spoken quite a bit about this one, Skin... I don't think I gave a prediction. I just it was my game of the week, weren't it? So I, I explained why I thought it was the game of the week, but I didn't actually give a prediction on how I think how I thought it would go. I'm going to go with the Cowboys with this one. I don't think there'll be a lot of points. I'd be surprised if there's over 30, 32 points. I do think it'll be low scoring. I'll go, I'll go seventeen fourteen to Cowboys. Okay, Kemp. Minnesota Vikings. It might be more hope than reality. But I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to take this one. I think it'll be close. I think it might just be a field goal at the end of the game. But I think they'll make it count and I think they'll win the game. And I've gone uh, with the Vikings as well. I think the the comeback they put on the Bills towards the, the back end of the game last weekend just shows that the Vikings have got that if they want to reach that that next gear. And some of those catches that Jefferson was, was pulling off as well just made it very difficult for, for the Bills to, to handle. And I think up against the Cowboys, it's going to be a similar story. So I'm going to go with the Vikings on that. Uh, Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff in League 2, third against fourth. I put it down as my game of the weekend. Didn't put a prediction at the time. I'm going to go with Bradford now. It is Northampton against Bradford. Kemp? Bradford, I'm going to back the home team. In a game like this, I would always back the home team. I think both teams are in pretty decent form. I don't think there's that much to between them, but I have also got Bradford on my promotion accumulator. So I'm going to go Bradford on this one, Adam. Skin? I'm going to go 2-1 to Northampton. Bradford, not the best form at home at the minute. And to be fair, Northampton uh, have dropped a couple of points recently and lost in the cup, as we discussed earlier. But I think, yeah, 2-1 Northampton is my uh, prediction for that one. And the final one is Arsenal's women's team against Manchester United's women's team in the FA Super League. Arsenal currently sat at the top of the Super League, six wins from six. Manchester United in third place with five wins from six. So two very strong sides going head to head. But I think Arsenal are going to remain unbeaten and I'm going to go with Arsenal's women's team to win that one, Kemp. Yeah, 18 goals scored, one conceded, a goal difference of 17, 18 points, six wins from six games. Very, very difficult to back against a team like that. So it's going to have to be Arsenal women's team for me, Adam. Skin? I mean, Kemp pretty much took the words out of my mouth. They're, they're both in great form, but Arsenal just that little bit above. Gut wants to say score draw, but I'll I'll go Arsenal women taking a 3-1 victory. 
Absolutely. So those are your pick six. They will be available on social media platforms as well. If you did miss any of those, you have until 12 o'clock on Saturday to get in touch via any of the social media platform means or on the contactors page on loadedsport.co.uk to get your predictions in. And then by the time that the final whistle goes on the final game, normally around about 1am on a Monday morning, um, the league table will be updated on the Loaded Sport website. One last thing to sign off with then is the wildcard predictions from the three of us heading in to the weekend um, I'm going to go with the Texans to beat the Commanders despite the fact that the Commanders have just beaten uh, the Eagles and ended their uh, well made them now amongst everybody else mortal as Kemp said earlier on in the week um, I still think that the Texans are going to have that sort of bit about them in this game where they're going to go out there and this will be a chance for them to make a statement they're going to beat the one in eight and one so to speak to make a bit of a wrestling reference there as well so I'm going to go with the Texans to beat the Commanders as my wild card skin I'll come across to you for yours First of all, at Ben Musgrove. Second of all, my wild card pick this weekend, and I apologise in advance, Kemp, but is the Detroit Lions to beat the New York Giants. <laughs> Sorry, mate, but Lions back-to-back wins. They were putting a lot of points on the board. They were playing in very entertaining games. They couldn't get the job done. Fair play, Giants have won four out of the last five, but just something in my gut. It might be it might be indigestion, but something in my gut is telling me Lions to beat uh, Giants is the wildcard pick for this weekend across the sports. I think the main thing you need to remember and realise there is if it is a feeling in your gut and it is indigestion, have you got your rennies? That is the question. I haven't, I haven't, mate, but if I need them, I know who's my man and I'll come and see you, mate. There you go. You're very welcome. Um, wildcard of the week for me, I'm going to go for the Cleveland Browns beating the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are in a... That is a wild card. Let's have the reasoning for that. I think the Bills are in a really tough spot. I think the form they've been on, the, the game they lost, I think, I don't know. I've, I've got a feeling it's all going to fall apart. I don't feel like they've got the... Alan, Alan's got the experience at quarterback and being a locker room leader and really pulling things together when things get tough. You know, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And... You look at these players that these, um, these bam, ba, bam, nice, nice. You look at these quarterbacks, bam, bam, these experienced players that I'm all right for now, that really drag the teams through difficult times. And again, I'm going to mention Aaron Rodgers. Again, I'm going to mention Tom Brady. And that takes years and years and years of being in those locker rooms and understanding what it needs. But I think the Bills, not only on the field, but in interviews and and their body language, they just don't look right. So. Cleveland Browns for me, I think you're going to take it. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Browns are going to win. Well, Kem, I'm actually going to give you a little bit of information that might help you become more confident about that pick. So I saw earlier weather reports have over 30 inches of snow falling in and around the Buffalo area over the weekend. So we could be looking at our first big snow game of this NFL season. What that means is a lot of carries, a lot of runs, not a lot of big passing plays, which we know Bills like to do with Gabe Davis and... Stefan Diggs over the top. It could mean a 30-plus carry game for someone like Nick Chubb. We know what he's capable of. So if I'm being honest, based on that, I'm inclined to sort of give you the benefit of the doubt and say maybe the Browns to beat Bills this weekend isn't the most outrageous of picks. Thank you very much for joining me and going through and previewing this weekend's sporting action in both the NFL and the Football League and the National League as well. Make sure you are following us on all social media platforms as the World Cup preview show gets underway tomorrow. That will be available for you to see on Friday evening and uh, hopefully we can then start celebrating England with a couple of wins and of course the celebration is football comes home.